Yeah, dreams are dreams are a really powerful way for us to understand ourselves and our life journeys. And I think a lot of times in our modern world, we kind of get caught up in just like the societal way of being and forget that we are really a part of this big um, experience that is happening on earth. And we're connected to, um, you know, connected to our bodies, connected to the people around us, connected to our environment and dreams are like the revival of that connection to something beyond ourselves and also to our bigger journey. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity so we can emerge as leaders creating a new story on earth i'm lauren walsh and i'm shana connors with humble hearts and open minds we will converse with spiritual teachers historians psychologists revolutionaries leaders and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, global family. Welcome back to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. I am over the moon today to get to introduce this beautiful sister, Raven Rose. She is the sweet essence of a human being, and she has so many gifts. Her journey began with her own womb healing, followed by studies in herbalism, combo, and ancestral womb wellness. Her path reconnected her to plant medicine, ancestral divination, mysticism, and intuitive practices. She is a guide and educator for women and cyclical babes who are ready to embrace their cyclical nature. And it is time. It's time for us to reclaim all of that. So thank you, Raven, so much for being on the Time of the Feminine podcast. It's such an honor to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. I'm, I've been looking forward to this chat so much. Oh, yeah, it feels – I was just telling Raven before we started, I'm like, ah, oh, it just feels so good to be in your energy field. There's just like this like sweet floral essence and wisdom. And so thank you for bringing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited. This is um, such a beautiful time to I can kind of um, come in and do this chat. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Raven and I have been connecting for probably about a year now, and you are recently sharing that you're in this this new phase of exploring yourself. So do you want to share like what's present for you right now, where you're at and what's going on with you? Yeah. So there've been a lot of internal shifts and changes that have been, I think, kind of beneath the surface for the past year, I would say. And in the last month or two or three months, it's really come to the surface in a really big way. And I'm connecting a lot to the word of the year that I chose, which is limitless. 
and mm. I've committed to this word and I have noticed how it's been pushing me to break down a lot of my own limitations and I'm seeing things so differently and it's just it's kind of um it's so huge you know like I'm having these really powerful awakenings I had one about food and understanding something that has been causing me issues for like I don't know probably my whole life mm. and I just discovered it and to discover something so huge that's been impacting me for so long and all the other ways that besides my digestion, all the other ways that that could have um, just come up in my life and all the other things that it influenced, it was kind of intense to have this huge awakening and insight. And I feel like I'm letting go of a lot of old layers of myself and Mm -hmm. I'm entering my, well, I'm in it now, I'm in my Pluto square, which is basically an astrological occurrence where Pluto, wherever it is when you're born, it goes like a quarter of the way around the zodiac. So it's squaring. And basically, it's like a really powerful time of rebirth. And I'm feeling it really intensely. Wow. That's so beautiful. And I resonate with that, Raven, so much. I also am going through this like major shedding phase. And so today I was like, guides, whoever's listening, higher spirit, (laughs) nature, help. I I want to even know how to ask for help of what I'm going through right now. And I pulled a card from the Isis Oracle deck. Thank you, Alana Fairchild. And it's like serpents of sisterhood or something like this, but it's all about Mm. moving from one phase into the next phase. And there's like a lot of old things that have to come up for in order for you to shed your skin to fully step into the newness. So it sounds like this realization you're having around food and all of these like deep, I mean, food is probably one of the most ancestral things that we carry besides like wiping our own bums, you know, (laughs) like it's just something that's (laughs) been passed down. So thank you for sharing that because I I also like recognize myself in in your share. And I think there's probably so many women that are listening to this right now that are going through this period as well. I mean, it's like we just came out of this global pandemic. I mean, we're still in it, but things are looking different now and we're different. Absolutely. We've changed. Everyone that I talk to is going through this really powerful transformation. And it's really nice to be able to connect and share these experiences and um, that that card that you pulled, that community aspect is so important right now. Mm -hmm. So how are you taking care of yourself? And we were talking before about your creative expressions. Like what are you doing to, to help yourself through this period of transformation? Yeah, definitely being okay with letting go. My work is shifting in a big way. And um, so Creative expression has been really helpful for me. I've been painting a lot. I've been drawing. I've been just spending time outside and just appreciating, just noticing different shifts that are happening in nature. That's always so supportive for me. Being able to go outside and see how, you know, plants are growing and how the wind is moving through the trees and how there's always movement and change in nature. It really helps me to feel grounded in my internal changes that are happening. And um, yeah, and then painting and 
also working with herbs, of course, and dream work mm. has been so powerful. So mm. I, I've been journaling my dreams. And actually this year I started a journaling practice and I've been journaling every day, which has been really, really nice. And mm. um, so I've combined that with daily meditation. Um, in December, I actually got to one year of daily meditation and I continued that and added in journaling and I've been doing painting. So it's just been a lot of creative expression. Mm. Wow. I see like your lower chakras just like all lit up and it makes sense because like you're working on the womb and then you're moving up to like this willpower center and it's like you're like fully activating your lower chakras through your practices and your work. So I, I feel that. I feel like this juiciness. Mm. Can you share with me about like how you're doing your dream journaling or if it even is dream journaling? Because recently I've been having all kinds of dreams that I'm not so familiar with. Actually, I'll backtrack a little bit. This this past November and December, I went and spent time in Brazil with the people of the Iwanawa. And I embarked on a four-week-long dieta. And Uh, One of the major aspects of the dieta is studying the dreams. And that was really like the first time I I had like a real informed dream practice, like of really just like noticing and also being amongst people who really valued the messages of the dreams. You know, they say in that tradition that it's one of the ways that you can predict like what kind of sicknesses are coming to you. It's like how the shamans work actually with, with, preventing illness and like misfortune, I guess, like bad things that are, that might be coming to you. And so I'm now deepening in my experience of valuing the messages that come from my dreams and my dreams are now stronger and I'm learning how to discern for myself what they mean because sometimes they're scary and (laughs) sometimes they're magical and sometimes they're just like anxious dreams where I'm like rushing around and I'm lost and I can't find my way. (laughs) But let's talk about dreams and how you work with the dreams and journal about the dreams. And yeah, let's open up dream work because it seems so juicy. Yeah. Um, So Lately, my dream work practice has, it varies. Sometimes I'm really incorporating a lot of herbs and kind of putting it into a ritual kind of container and maybe doing like three days or um, three nights or six nights of working with one particular herb and seeing what messages come to the surface and asking for clarity and guidance through my dreams. And then other times, like right now, I'm just noticing how I have dreams that come more vividly during certain times of um, like certain times of my cycle. And I'm paying attention to that and asking my body, like, what are you trying to tell me? What do I need to know? And I've been really deepening my connection with my body through my dreams lately by just asking, you know, what's happening here. (laughs) And if there's something that feels out of balance or feels out of place and I need clarity on something, I've been turning to my dreams for that. And for me, I mean, the mo- one of the most important tools for dream work is your dream journal. And I have used paper journals for many, many years. And I actually just recently switched to doing a digital journal because now my dream work 
once I wake up in the morning, right after I write down my dreams, I kind of go straight into my meditation and movement practices. So I'm kind of up. Um, whereas before I would dream, journal it in my journal and then go back to sleep. Now I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting up mm-hmm. in the mornings, which has been a nice shift because I've noticed how my circadian rhythms are really aligning with the sun and the moon. So now I feel more alert in the morning. And once I write down my dream, I don't try to interpret it right, right away. I will just let it sit and see what happens. I'll do my meditation and maybe at the end of my meditation, I'll just read over that dream again and see what comes to the surface. And it really helps to read your dreams out loud, like you're speaking to someone or if you can share it with someone, that's really great as well. A lot of times when you're speaking it out loud or sharing it with someone, that's when you get to hear what's actually happening, um, mm-hmm. almost like outside of yourself. And you get to watch it like someone else is telling you the story. And that can bring a lot of insight. And then I also really like to pay attention to, I mean, there's so much symbolism in dreams. And while dream books can be somewhat helpful, I feel like they can also be um, a hindrance a lot of times because our own interpretations and what we, like, for example, if I see a feather in my dream, what my association is with that feather is going to be way more powerful than what you would find in a dream book or something like that. Mm. Um, Though there are some symbols that can really help to bring awareness and just kind of open up our minds to the many different ways that those symbols can be received. But paying attention to all those symbols and noticing the space that you're in when you're in the dream, what does it feel like when you're there? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel tension? Do you feel happiness? Do you feel curiosity? And then looking at where those feelings turn up in your life, in your day-to-day life, Mm. and starting to make some of those connections. And also um, some of those dream symbols that come to the surface when you keep a dream journal, you can go back and see the symbols that have come up in previous dreams. Like, I don't know about you, but I have dreams um, that have either snakes or spiders or driveways really often. And those Mm. symbols kind of stick out to me and cars too. Mm. And um, for example, I have every time I'm about to move somewhere about six months to a year prior, I will have dreams about being in an airport and I'm rushing, rushing, rushing to my gate to get on the plane. And then always about six months to a year later, I move and I started to notice, oh, okay, if I'm getting on the plane. That means my, you know, my, my ancestors, my guides are kind of preparing me for this big transition and this big shift Mm. because moving moving is really intense. So it's nice to have some kind of awareness that this, this shift and this big change is coming and dreams can kind of give us that insight and into what's happening in our day-to-day lives or what could be coming up in the future. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. And what I appreciate so much about the way you just spoke about dreams is like the the self, it's really like a self-awareness practice. You know, it's not giving out your power anywhere, even to the symbols. It's really like, what does this mean for me? And also like the the practice that you spoke about of reading it out loud 
and then being able to hear it and interpret it. I think that's so powerful. It's powerful as a way of reflecting how much is already here. You know, we spend so much time seeking for ourselves outside of ourselves when there's already so much information that we're receiving. And so I'm curious for those people out there who who are unfamiliar with the importance of dreams or have yet to really explore their own, you know, what kind of guidance would you share with them around, you know, dreams? Yeah, dreams are dreams are a really powerful way for us to understand ourselves and our life journeys. And I think a lot of times in our modern world, we kind of get caught up in just like the societal way of being and forget that we are really a part of this big um, experience that is happening on earth. And we're connected to, um, you know, connected to our bodies, connected to the people around us, connected to our environment and dreams are like the revival of that connection to something beyond ourselves and also to our bigger journey and the bigger things that we are um, kind of exploring in our lives beyond just like, okay, what things do I need to check off my to-do list today? You know, our lives can, whatever we're experiencing in our lives are, it's going to help us move along in our personal journey and our spiritual journey and dreams are like a um are like guides for us in the bigger journey of life it can be insight into mundane things are happening but also it connects us to our mysticism and to um the parts of ourselves that are that are visible and invisible Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And out of my own personal curiosity, what are some plants that you can work with that will like enhance or that bring up something around the dreams? Yeah. So as I've learned, because I've done so much um, dream work with plants, pretty much any plant can help to direct dreams in some kind of way. It really depends Mm -hmm. on the kind of work that you want to do. So if you're wanting to just enhance your dreams, be able to remember your dreams a little bit more easily, then um, things like Tulsi basil and mugwort can be really helpful. Um, And mugwort is something that if you are pregnant, then you don't want to drink mugwort as a tea, but um, in general, it's going to be safe. But that's something to just be aware of if you're pregnant. Um, Tulsi basil is really gentle and um, and helps to helps to bring some more color to the dreams and helps us to be more immersed in them and also to remember them a little bit more easily. And then there are other herbs that um, I mean, another thing I like to incorporate is thinking about your own upbringing, your own ancestry, um, your own lineages, and maybe the plants that were used in your own ancestry um, or within your family and connecting Mm. with those plants. And they can be common plants Mm. like rosemary or lavender um, or mint even. And um, having, having a cup of tea of that herb 
um, before bed for, you know, maybe six nights in a row. And as you're sipping that tea, asking that plant to um, share with you insights in your dreams and maybe share some insight about how your family has connected with that plant through generations or the ways that you can start to develop a, a stronger relationship with that plant. And it's, um, yeah, there's so many different ways to work with plants. You can work on that plant spirit connection, but then also as you develop that connection, it's interesting how plants can start to guide you in your day-to-day life as well. Mm. When you have that dream connection and then you have that also that waking connection, um, there's just different insight that can come through uh, from working with those plants. So definitely experimenting with different plants that are safe to drink in teas that you feel a strong connection to, um, especially any strong, any plants that you feel a strong connection to, that's going to be a really powerful thing. So if you just, and if it's a plant that maybe you don't want to have as a tea, maybe you, you're, you know, you do your research and you see that it maybe could be a toxic plant or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I've worked with Datura and some of the poison plants you can work with it as a flower essence, which is a really safe mm. way to work with those where you're not getting the actual physical constituents of the plant. Or you can have um, just like having that plant next to your bed when you sleep and mm. seeing what comes up that way. And for people who are really sensitive to plants, because um, some people are really sensitive, just sleeping with a plant next to your bed rather than ingesting it is another way to start to um, open up your dream space a little bit more. Mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm now curious about how I'm going to integrate, yeah, different kinds of plants and also like the consistency, like as you were saying, like uh, six nights in a row of the same tea and kind of like working with that specific plant. Um, I've been inspired. I've been inspired. Thank you. Yeah, that that practice brings um, just like such powerful insights. And Mm -hmm. I've done that practice with so many different plants. I've done it with like um, Celine Capensis and some of the more um, the African dream plants that are aligned Mm -hmm. with my ancestry. But then I've also done it with Tulsi basil or lavender. And those are really powerful experiences as well. Mm. Yeah, I love the element you brought back about the ancestry. And I think, you know, I'm American, but my mom's South American and my dad's like Russian and Polish. (laughs) So there's just like, there's so much more, I don't know, excavation (laughs) that I want to do, like kind of like understanding my ancestors and like where they came from and the plants and the journeys they've been on because, you know, it's immigrant stories. And so, yeah, like I feel like there's, there's so much I can learn from the plants of of my peoples and ancient lands. And so thank you for bringing that. And I wanted to ask a question, maybe you can share a personal story, but you, you mentioned about how these plants can affect like your waking life as well. And so maybe if you have a story about like a plant that, that opened something for you and what that experience was like. So maybe there can be some context around what an experience with a plant can be like. Yeah. So um, I would say like earlier on in my just explorations of learning to work with plants and dreams, I I don't even remember what, what herb I was drinking before bed, but 
I remember having this really powerful dream about a plant that I had never met before. And mm. um, the plant was blue vervain. I have no idea how I was able to figure out the plant at that time. And I attribute me actually figuring out what plant that was to the plant working with me in my waking life and kind of guiding me in the right mm-hmm. direction to to learn about it. And so this plant came to me in my dream. And as I started learning about it, I was like, oh, wow, blue vervain is a really powerful plant for um, supporting me with where I'm at in my life right now. And um, it's interesting because plants are plants are all connected and they can all kind of speak to each other. And they have these, um, these really deep and powerful connections with each other so that even if you're working with one plant, you can receive insights about either that plant or other plants that it's connected to. Mm-hmm. And so as I was doing this dream work practice and blue vervain came to me, and then I started learning about blue vervain and how it was really help- how it's really helpful for um, balancing thyroid, your thyroid hormones, and helpful for supporting the nervous system, which was exactly the things that I needed at that time in my life. Um, I was really stressed. I was trying to figure out how to heal myself and how to get rid of period pain. And this plant just came to me in my dream. And that was Mm. also a a beautiful catalyst and um, kind of like a way of affirming the path that I was about to embark on with studying herbalism as well. So that really opened me up to integrating my dream messages into daily life and really taking those message those messages with care and um thanking the plants for those insights it was such a beautiful experience to to receive that dream and then also be able to receive the actual medicine of the plant when i um started working with it wow what a beautiful like blue silky blue invitation from the plants to come and explore and work with them. It's like hearing your story. I have so much appreciation for your deep listening and like really like the the medicine of the feminine is like being in touch with nature and listening to those, those faint messages that are, you know, lightly knocking on the door being like, Hey Raven, (laughs) do you remember me? And you did, you remembered, right? Like this, this part of you remembered that plant and answered the calling of, of seeing it, you know, and, and, and then opening that door to like this new, this new way of being for you as an herbalist and all these kinds of things. So thank you for, for showing that, sharing that with, with our audience. It's such a beautiful testament to, to the path of the feminine. Thank you. And um, it was really beautiful to have that experience. And then maybe two years later, I was out on a herbal wildcrafting trip and I was in a field of blue vervain. And it was amazing mm. to um, to be actually be with the plant in its natural environment and be able to make medicine with it and, um, and to dream with it again. Mm. Wow. I, I feel like that's just like a, a completion of that phase for like for you to be standing with the plants. It's so beautiful. So I want to talk about, you know, some of the work that's been pretty like, I guess like the, 
the main work you've been presenting in the world is is working with the womb, working with natural cycles. And I want to hear about your perspective on like how we can listen to the womb and how that guides us towards cyclical living and this this space of the feminine. Yeah. One of the first things that I, you know, that I ask people when we start working together from teaching or anything like that is looking or thinking back to your first menstrual cycle or your first few cycles and thinking about the things that were happening in your life during that time. You know, who taught you about your cycles? What did you learn about menstruation? What did you learn about your body? What did you learn about this transition into womanhood and um, into being someone who is now um, capable of bringing new life into the world? What was happening in your life at that time? And what are the things that you were learning about yourself? And that plays into a lot of how we experience our cycles. And for so many people, including myself, uh, we learn to hide our periods. We learn to hide this part of ourselves that is so powerful and that is so just intertwined and linked with nature and is really, um, I mean, it's the light of the sun and the moon that influences our hormones and has an impact on how we experience our cycles. So we are truly connected to these celestial bodies through our womb space and through our menstrual cycles. And that's really powerful. It's so, so powerful. And so healing the menstrual cycle, balancing the menstrual cycle, yes, is very, very much about, um, you know, eliminating toxins and, Um, eating the right foods and um, shifting things in our lifestyle so that we're not super stressed out and causing imbalance with our hormones. But it's also, for me, especially I would say in the last two years, it's been more so about the mystical aspects of that connection of our cycles and our womb space to these celestial bodies and to nature and the power that comes with that because it's it's amazing to have these powerful connections to to the moon and to the sun and to really all the planets and also to be able to learn from that and to go through these phases of our menstrual cycle that are kind of like different seasons and you know different seasons in nature so we get to experience this every cycle and those seasons and that cyclical um occurrence that is happening is allowing us to grow, to transform, to create, to heal, and to experience so many different aspects of ourselves. I feel like we're constantly being reborn into ourselves and we constantly have new things that we're letting go of and new things that we're incorporating into our lives through just being connected to our own cyclical nature. And Lately, I've been loving my uh, my cycle just to tap into my creativity, my intuition, and um, also just knowing, just having that deep connection and knowing that every cycle I get to experience something new, it allows me to kind of release this hold on 
having to control things or having to know what's coming mm-hmm. next and trusting mm-hmm. that there's always a new step forward and there's always a new cycle that you can um, expand into is really powerful as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I feel like I had so many realizations that I will need to process, but some of the things that came up for me as you were speaking is like, I've been having painful periods. And as you were talking about like the celestial forces, like there's a part of myself that actually denies my own power. And so there's kind of like resistance in, in my, in my power. And so in part, it's like what's creating pain. There's like not like a full expression and an allowance of what needs to come through and, and also to be felt. And you, you mentioned that at the end, this desire to control that want like this part of us that wants to predict what it's going to be like, instead of just like allowing as nature does for it to unfold as it naturally wants to. And I feel like there's so much deconditioning there, like endless (laughs) deconditioning Mm. around how we want to be able to be in control. And actually the cycle, the flow is about, you know, being in flow, being in that, that liminal space. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's definitely been a lesson that has come over many years (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and has taken a lot of unlearning and um, releasing of conditioning and really being able to step into um, being guided by my intuition. And after so many years of studying all the things on how to heal my cycle and how to get rid of pain and diets and all these things, Um, what has been most powerful and most transformative has been letting go of um, seeking the answers outside of me and turning Mm. inward and finding those answers within myself and trusting that my body knows the right and the best things for me. And that's come up a lot with, with food and just understanding like, uh, I mean, recently I've had some big, big um, insights into food and um, understanding what is actually nourishing me and what is actually causing imbalance. And it's not mm-hmm. anything that I've learned anywhere in a book and, or there's no like major studies on all these things. It's, it's been something that I've had to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you through your being, you transmit so much because it's like, I'm starting to have these realizations that you've been, been, you know, cultivating within yourself for so long. So that's so powerful. It's like a testament to really, truly doing the work and listening to yourself because you don't just say it, you are it. And so the messages come in so many more ways than just words. It's like through an essence that you carry. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate that deeply for myself because, um, yeah, all these, all these, all these passive deconditioning, you know, I think we're taught that like it has to be hard in a way and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you, you said it, it's like a, a coming back to self, like a coming back to acknowledgement of the messages that are within the divine messages that wish to come through me. And so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And what 
for women that, you know, are exploring having a more natural cycle about tuning into their bodies, about honoring themselves, like what are practices or um, ways of being or things that women can do either during their cycle to like honor their bodies and honor uh, the process of letting go or even, you know, in the other phases Um, as you're talking about the seasons, like what are other ways that we can honor ourselves during these seasons to, to learn to tune into ourselves and really start to, to honor the messages that come through? Yeah. Um, I'll start with menstruation and that phase of the cycle. One of the biggest things that we can do and the most powerful things that we can do is to one, give ourselves space to experience menstruation and experience our periods and that releasing and also not to pass judgment on what we're thinking what we're feeling and um, what's coming up for us during that time because it's a really really powerful time of releasing there is a releasing of emotions there's releasing of blood and there's um, I kind of kind of really associate this time in the cycle with being like an open channel, you know, we're releasing, but we're also receiving a lot of insight during this time. And I find that it's a time when we're really, really powerfully connected to nature. So being able to spend time in nature, if you can, is a, is a great way to, because it's, it's the start of a new cycle. It's a great way to ground yourself and to release those things into the earth and um, I love the practice of giving my blood back to the earth and being able to express gratitude for um, these things that I've been able to release. And and when I mentioned earlier about not passing judgments on what we're thinking and feeling, and I think there's a lot of conditioning around um, and just like a lot of negativity around something that's so natural for us, which is to release emotions and the time leading up to our cycle, um, leading up to the period and during bleeding. And there's all this negative connotation around the mood changes that happen and all of these things. And while there is something um, to that, as far as some people experiencing hormonal imbalances that can make things more extreme, it's also good to recognize that you have this opportunity to release emotions and you have this opportunity to let go of things that maybe you've been holding on to for months or weeks or I mean years it could have even been generations I've released so much generational um, just pain and trauma through just recognizing patterns and emotions that are coming up right when I start menstruation and being able to connect these old things to patterns that are happening in my day-to-day life that I didn't recognize those connections before. And so having that space to experience your period and experience menstruation and allow yourself to have these insights come to the surface. And maybe it's not totally clear, but I would say over the over all of your bleeding days and during the waking times and the dream times, you can get a lot of insight from what's what's being released and what you can let go of as you're entering this new cycle. So I love just having that time and that space. And uh, for the other phases of the cycle, I mean, 
starting out with menstruation, that's a really big release time. And then once bleeding starts to taper off, you can start to think about what it is that you want to cultivate in this new cycle. Mm -hmm. What do you want to explore now that you have released some heavier energy or maybe just some things that have been lingering for a long time? Now you have this kind of cloud that's been lifted and you can see a new path forward. And what, what is it that you want to create and you are, as you are moving on this new path forward and planting those seeds of, you know, what it is that you're cultivating, what it is that you want to shift or transform or experience in your life and taking the steps to start moving towards it. And then as you start to move towards ovulation, allowing yourself to really tap into your body and give thanks to your body for literally you you don't have to do too much to be able to see these big changes and that ovulation time and just around that time is when it's really about being open to receiving and receiving um being grateful for all the things that you are receiving all the insights that you have all the pathways that have opened up as you have planted those seeds in that previous phase. And then moving into the luteal phase, which is to me a time of reflection. It's a time of kind of being guided more by your inner light and also a really great time for connecting with ancestors and tapping into tapping into spiritual and ancestral energy, nature to receive insight and guidance. And that's a time when it's really about um, getting out of your head and being able to trust nature and your other resources to guide you. It, there's like so much wisdom in the cycle and I wasn't taught that. My mom thought she was dying when she got her period because her mother never told her that it was a thing. And then when I got mine, I had like so much shame. I was like with my dad and I didn't know what to do and my aunt wanted to like celebrate me and I was like, this is so awkward. And so it's been like this whole like coming back to my cycle is sacred. And it wasn't until I really got into like spiritual communities and women were like, your moon. And then I was kind of like triggered by that too, because I was like, well, what's this like weird saying for your cycle? And now it's just, it's funny, like all the phases that I've been through personally, but now I'm like, this is an inherent part of being a woman. Like every time I get my cycle, I'm also being initiated into like the beautiful gift that I've been given, which is to create life. And it's not just like physical, tangible life, but also, you know, like we were talking about before we started the podcast, our art and mm -hmm. like the magic we have inside of us that wants to be expressed. And so I'm curious about creativity and the cycle. Like, is there a time where there's like blossomings for that versus, yeah, like what, what the, the creative cycle is like when it relates to the menstrual? Yeah. So really any phase of the cycle is allowing you to tap into creativity. It's a matter of how that could be expressed. I know that sometimes uh, for me, creativity is going to show up more like in the form of dance. For example, when, um, when my period is about to start in that late luteal phase, when there's just a lot of information coming through, it may be like I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do painting, but I have to do dance or something to like really engage my body beforehand. 
And then um, during menstruation, it's interesting. There's a little bit, uh, I would say the creative energy is a little bit lower because of that releasing. But at the same time, creativity just shows up in a different way. And during menstruation, the creativity comes a lot through just being able to like journal and to write about the insights that you have and uh, maybe drawing and um, being able to express those insights through either words or um, through writing or some practice like that can be really, really powerful. And then as I move into the follicular phase or going into that phase that where estrogen, estrogen is starting to rise and we're more, a little bit more energetic, I feel like that's the really colorful time. And it's just like the mm-hmm. time when you want to play with a lot of colors and you want to try a lot of different things out. And that's a really great time for like all the, all the fun, creative projects. And I think of like how my grandmother used to um, like sew clothes and things for us and how there was always like, it was, it was cyclical. There was something cyclical about it. And I don't know what phase of her cycle, um, or I would, I wouldn't say her cycle, but her, um, just like what phase of like moon energy she was connecting to during that time. Mm. But it was definitely cyclical. It was like, Oh, it always happens. And I noticed that as a kid, but, um, yeah, there's so many different expressions. And I think it's really important to just allow ourselves to go with what feels most natural for us mm-hmm. and um, see what comes up and just know that sometimes things will be more through the body and more through um, how you move your body and how you walk or um, how you dance how, and those kinds of things. And other times it can be more about really intricate details and really getting into like um, doing fine, like detail work. I, I find that there are certain times of my cycle when I do really get into like really fine detail work. And then other times mm-hmm. where I'm focused more on patterns and just like, and then other times where it's really big and expansive and um, that could be different for everyone, but there's definitely a, a really awesome thing that happens when you start to pay attention to it and start to like, just take little notes on it and see how, that shows up for you because you can also associate that with um, just other things that you could be doing in your life where maybe you could, maybe if you notice that you're really into like these fine detailed pieces of artwork um, during your follicular phase, maybe that's going to be a phase to um, go over fine details in some other aspect of your life and start to kind of pair those things together and make your own like moon map or your own cycle map. Mm. Mm. It's such a beautiful invitation to just to get to learn more about ourselves, you know, in this time of the feminine, because in part we were like modeled to be like men for the past however many years because we weren't allowed to, you know, talk about these things and to tune into ourselves. And of course women were, it wasn't, you know, across the board, but we lost a lot of wisdom. And now there's like this great reclamation of like, wow, we we're cyclical beings, you know, like our, and our brothers are too. It's just different. Like we have it through our through our blood and through these like phases we go through. And so um, I appreciate you sharing all of this because because I feel like there's keys. There's keys for all of us to like return home to like the power and the beauty of who we are. And so 
I want to just circle back to this word you have for the year, which is limitless. And I want you to express like what that means for you and, and how you are learning about that word limitless and what you're hoping to, to like embody through that or you're embodying already. I'm just super curious and I love the word. Yeah. Um, thank you. It's, it actually um, came to me, I went on this trip at the beginning of the year and I went to this place where it was really close astrologically to my Neptune line. And Neptune is this planet of like imagination and dreams and um, no boundaries. Um, so that's how the word came to me. And as I've been embodying this and really, um, really working with this word limitless, it's shown me a lot of, like, for example, recently, I, um, last week was such a difficult week for me. And with the time change with daylight savings time, where basically um, the hours on the clock are pushed back or pushed forward in hours. So basically, the um, hours that it's light are later in the day. And that's horrible for my sleep. It's out of, it's, it's more out of sync with what is naturally um, what's most natural for us. Mm -hmm. in as far as like being connected to the cycles of light and dark. And so uh, my mom was like, Oh, you know, they're, they're going to change the laws in the United States. And, um, they're not going to do daylight savings time anymore starting next year. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. I'm so happy we're not going to be doing the switching twice a year. Mm-hmm. And then I went and read about it and, and I found out that they are switching permanently to daylight savings time. So permanently to this later time period because it's mm-hmm. supposedly better for the economy for people to be up later at night, which makes no mm-hmm. sense whatsoever because sleep and rest mm. is so important for our well-being. And I don't know what could possibly be better for the economy than healthy people. So I just, anyway, I, <laughs> it really frustrated me. And I was like, ah, oh, this is awful. Yeah. And I was just so irritated. And I realized, I was like, hold on, I've been dealing with this my whole life. Like clock time, uh, abiding by clock time. And there's definitely a time Mm. and a place for clocks and they definitely do serve a purpose, like for us being able to meet and have this conversation at the right time. But beyond that, um, this whole idea that these um, powers that are, you know, making these rules for us are pushing basically everyone in this country to live out of sync with nature. And to me, that was just like, oh my gosh, it was such a huge awareness. And I was like, you know, this is a really, um, it's a limitation. It's a limitation on my well-being. It's a limitation on how I'm able to connect with nature. And um, like last year, I read this book called Healing Night. And it's all about our connection to darkness and um, being able to really embrace darkness and it was like about the advent of lights and how having unnatural light has impacted our health and our well-being as humans Mm -hmm. and also our growth Mm -hmm. as spiritual beings and Mm -hmm. so I decided I'm like you know what I don't have to live within these bounds I can change my clock Mm -hmm. back to standard time Mm -hmm. and I'll figure it out along the way and see what happens and so 
that is something that kind of really stuck out to me because it's something I've been dealing with my whole life. And it's something that is taking me out of sync with nature. And so I'm kind of reclaiming my, my connection to nature by allowing myself to um, align with those natural cycles of light and dark. And that was one of the big awarenesses. And other than that, being limitless to me has been about being able to break down my own um, thought of like my own beliefs and my own limiting beliefs around what's possible for me in my life. And also um, I've been doing so much deep transformation as far as like being really connected to what actually brings me happiness and what actually brings me joy and uh, being able to release this idea that I have to do things a certain way in order to have this certain kind of life and also like thinking about like manifestation and and what that actually means and what it where are these ideas about what I'm supposed to be creating my life where is that coming from Mm. and so I've been breaking down all, all of those things within myself and seeing how a lot of those things have been limiting me from actually doing and being experiencing what I want in my life Mm-hmm. Yee-hoo, Raven. That is such beautiful work. And like your questioning of like, what's truly my sovereignty? You know, like I can live at these certain hours and I can create what I need to create so I can be in touch with nature. You know, like it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. desire and you're doing it. And so I'm like in full support of you. <laughs> and I'm so happy yeah. that you're here doing this work and paving your path because I feel like there's so many others who will want to be on that path with you. And yeah, I'm for sure big supporter, <laughs> whatever you need. Thank you. Um, yeah, seriously. And, and we have, I have a final question for you. Um, and then I would love you to share how, how women can, can be on the path with you and all these kinds of things. But I want to ask you, like, if you were to close your eyes and just feel deeply into your body and to connect to the energy of the Divine Mother, what would she have you say to our audience? Sing more songs. Use your voice. Definitely. As soon as you said that, um, she was. She sings. Um, she mm-hmm. sings songs, and I think... Um, being able to tap into the power of our voice and using our voices and singing our songs is, yeah, that's absolutely what she would say. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And can you share with our audience about how people can find you, how they can work with you, all the things? Yeah. So my website is moonmedicine.co and I'm also on Instagram at Moon Medicines, and I've been really, really loving um, creating videos for YouTube lately. So you can find me on YouTube at Moon Medicine there as well. And yeah, those are the best places to find me. Um, Definitely check out uh, my YouTube channel. I have videos on there on um, womb healing and on how to do your own womb massage and uh, how to start your own dream journal, all of that's on my mm. YouTube channel. So, yeah. Great. Well, I know what I'm doing later. So, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, Raven, I'm so inspired by you. And 
I've said it already on this podcast, but just like the way that you be and the way that you do your own work and your dedication, your willpower and your softness and your grace and you carry such beautiful medicine. It is such an honor to know you. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much, Shana. It was so great to chat with you. Yeah, it was so great. Till next time, family. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time and the Feminine podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Global Sisterhood, you can follow us on Instagram at the Global Sisterhood, or you can tune in to one of our programs. Just go to globalsisterhood.org. It is such a privilege and such an honor to speak with all these amazing women and to continue to speak with you. If you would like to join one of our circles or programs and dive in deeper and have these conversations yourself with us, we would love to invite you in deeper, sister. So just go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more. Okay, talk to you next time.